Fact Check This Podcast, episode 20. Today, I am joined by my buddy, Corey Durst. Corey is one of the uh, fans of the Peddling Fiction Podcast, and we interact in the group and on Facebook a lot, and uh, I think we share a lot of very uh, similar uh, views on a lot of the way the government just completely fucking sucks, and the way uh, kind of the libertarian ideals fix a lot of those problems so i'm gonna throw it over to Corey and let him introduce himself and tell a little bit about himself how he got into uh libertarianism and all of that fun stuff and then we'll kind of go from there so Corey, take it away uh what's up man uh, i am Corey. i'm from the uh middle of uh, south carolina right in the midlands a little small town uh batesburg population probably like 6,000, 6,500, very small town. Um, been here all my life. I uh, lived in Myrtle Beach for about nine months. Um, outside of that, been uh, very much a part of the small town life. Um, and I don't know, probably up until about seven or eight years ago, uh, my view definitely fell more toward the conservative side. Um, would, uh, you know, categorize myself as a Republican. Uh, I was thinking about it prior to uh, coming on here. I don't think any of my family at all uh, would be what you call left-leaning. Um, so for a long time, I even get that aspect of uh, uh, wasn't even able to pry a mind on that side of thinking, uh, even in a rational manner. It was always almost demonized, you know. Um, and then, I don't know, early into Obama's second term. Yeah, no, early in Obama's uh, second term is when uh, I had some of my friends start to uh, point out to me about the drone strikes. And um, that's what really uh, starts like, my interest more toward, like, why are we doing this? Why is it okay? Because prior to that, um, you know, I had been an advocate. I remember... Um, when I turned 18 and could vote voting for Bush, um, like, yeah, he's going to protect us. And, you know, we're going to freaking police the world or whatever. So I don't know what I thought, but, uh, it was like a strong armed force was what needed to be done. And, um, the older I got, like I say, once, especially the, the drone strikes, it seems so helpless to me, um, is when, uh, started looking more into, uh, different political views um, and most of my friends that I had at that time that were left-leaning um, were very radical uh, wouldn't say radical especially for South Carolina here uh, they were very left um, and so it was hard for them to portray the, the compassion of their party to me uh, again through essentially strong arm taxes at that point is what I saw. Um, but around about that time was when I discovered uh, the Libertarian Party, Rand Paul, Ron Paul, um, and uh, didn't really form a general uh, disdain or, uh, or just sheer loathingness of the government uh, up until about three or four years ago. Um, and it, the, the more I try to seek out um, 
news outlets, active journalism, if you can find journalism still in this day, um, that's writing facts, uh, the more red I get against them. Um, and I definitely think that the Libertarian Party would be the best way to reroute whatever the hell the experiment we got going now. Most definitely. Uh, that, that, so I've talked about it several times uh, myself with kind of my journey into libertarianism, but the being a, an active member of campaigning for George W. Bush for uh, his second term in 2004 and, you know, coming out of 9-11 and thinking that, that they were doing the right thing because of 9-11 with uh, some of the stuff, you know, uh, the wars that got started in the Middle East. And then, you know, later on realizing that it wasn't wars that got started uh, and it really wasn't about 9-11. It was a continuation of it was a continuation of things that the government had been doing all along. And it was just like unending and all the excuses that they had come up with for why they were going back into Iraq and like none of it made any sense. And it the more that kind of stuff just kept going and more it. Uh, pushed me away from the Republican Party and start to see, you know, what what a Warhawk party it really was. And then, and then, like you said, with with Obama and the drone strikes and everything else, like the more you look at the Democrats, they're absolutely no better. So, you know, so what is the alternative? And then you've got the Libertarian Party that is anti-war. Period. So, so that's a you know, it, it's a logical. Uh, logical progression uh, especially for people like us that you know don't think the war thing is a is a good thing at all especially looking at the way it's destabilized the middle east and just everything negative that comes out of it and i just what i can't understand um you know and uh, i admittedly was uh uh, blissfully ignorant um for for quite some time but then again i really wasn't super political um, for quite some time as well, but nonetheless, like, uh, you know, it's like somebody brings you a shit sandwich and they're like, you can eat the shit sandwich or here's like, you know, um, nourishment. And it's like, you know, well, I've always ate the shit sandwich, you know, why, why would I even look into the nourishment? I don't understand just Republicans and Democrats alike when you bring them cold hard facts and, like, so tell me what you believe in as a Democrat. And they're like, well, you know, I think we should take care of everybody. And, you know, we are, you know, everybody's you know, a blanketed statement. And you point out how libertarianism fits into that at like a 93 percentile, you know, uh, and likewise on this side. And it's just like, no, no, I'm not trying to hear that. Yeah, it's it's insane. And or if you can even get them to present an argument uh for what they support about their party that doesn't just exclusively include everything they hate about the other party like if you can't sell me on why your party is the one i should be voting for or your candidate's the one i should be voting for like don't don't tell me why the other guy is so bad that i should vote for your equally bad guy <laughs> like it's, it's not a it's not a working uh argument to to bring forward and it's it feels like they don't even understand the logical or the illogicalness of of that 
Well, it just makes me wonder just how out of touch every person is with freaking reality. Um, especially the ones that have been chosen to govern. Indeed, indeed. And so the big thing that you and I were going to talk about today, and speaking of the out of touch with the reality from those who are governing, uh, you were in South Carolina, which, as we had talked about before we started recording, uh, doesn't even have medical marijuana. And then I'm in Indiana where they marijuana laws have, uh, I believe we have CBD and some <clears throat> extent of medical marijuana, but then they've also ratchet, they've actually also after passing some of that went in the wrong direction with a lot of it because, uh, because they are so out of touch and don't understand what they're doing. Uh, the politicians that once they started to pass some of that stuff, they then started to go back in the other direction because they, they didn't realize what they were doing. And, and, uh, and it's just so insane, but talk a little bit about that on your, uh, position on that and kind of where you, uh, where you get that position on the medical marijuana and some of the other stuff that's out there on, uh, maybe not on the market per se in South Carolina, but stuff that has definitely been proven to be very beneficial, but for whatever reason, especially at the federal level and, and, and the majority of the state levels are still illegal or at least uh, criminal in most ways. Yeah. Yeah. And I heard, um, well, it was Henry talking about it one and on uh, Lions of Liberty the other day. Uh, and I didn't realize just how much of a blunder that was uh, just simply by not realizing that hemp produces flour, you know, like simply by not taking a look at the one plant that you're trying to pass a law on. Oh, shit, it does. Yeah, it looks like hot. No, never mind. Um, yeah, no, that blew my mind how you just walked that back. Um, and, uh, you know, even still, that's uh, more progressive, I guess you would, than what we have here. Um, I think we the, the CBD is legal here, and um, I want to say I saw where it's um, it's some type of extract that they're getting out of the cannabis. Like, an, and don't quote me on this. It's like a uh, omega eight THC eight or something like this, to where it um, uh, it's some different level or different cannabinoid. I'm not yeah. sure. Of yeah, the exact well, you. William Henry was talking about that on Lines of Liberty too. Uh, so it's I, I basically think we fall it's, under one of the forty-two um, that that is. But what was that now? Yeah. So basically, it's just it's like just a step down from what is uh, the level that is federally considered illegal. So yeah. so there are ways that uh, they can extract it, and it's still technically legal, which is. The, the best kind. As long as you're technically legal, then you're not technically illegal. You go. <laughs> That's the best guy. There you go. Yeah, no. Uh, it, uh, and, and it doesn't seem to be uh, <coughs> it doesn't seem to be getting much better here, uh, you know, quickly at all. Um, fairly red dominated uh, state. Um, and it is uh, they seem to be against it the most out of them all right now. Um, but no, I have, um, so I, uh, I, I started smoking pot a long time ago. Uh, probably at like 16, tried it the first time, you know, um, 
and uh, never uh, sought or needed a real reason uh, outside of recreational use um, for quite some time and then stopped uh, for job purposes um, because, and that's what I've tried to, and I think that's what that's going to encompass in the, uh, the Moore Act. Uh, I'm interested to see how that's going to play out. I still don't think that even if they make it uh, recreationally legal in the state, I don't think that your insurance company or the, your workforce insurance recoverment as far as like a uh, workman's comp issue, you know, because it stays in the system for 30 days, you know, they can give you a, uh, a breathalyzer test or a blood test and tell your exact levels of uh, alcohol. So if you, you could get shit house the night before and the next day by lunch, just much out of your system, they pop you with a drug test for pot for piss. And you don't know from one day to 30 days if it's in your system. Um, so I'm interested to see how that's going to play out. I still don't think it's going to be uh, acceptable for many uh, purposes, you know. Um, yeah, that but, will uh, be that will be an interesting side of it um, because it could still, like you said, for the insurance purposes, there could still be a uh, workforce deterrent for uh, even for doing it recreationally. So that, that will be interesting. And, I think, I think Carolina even if, just as, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was oh. to South Carolina, just as well as Indiana is a uh, right to work state. So, right. Uh, right. And that makes it tricky. Um, I do think, I do think that if, if we could get to a point uh, federally where it was at the very least decriminalized, if not, uh, totally legalized that those issues would long-term work themselves out. Uh, there would, there would be a, a good balance of what is acceptable. How do we manage the testing on it? Stuff like that, that, that would eventually come into play. But yeah, especially uh, even if, even if tomorrow the Senate or they just came out and straight up said it is fully legalized period, no more anything. Uh, it, there would still be a significant transition period where uh, the market kind of figures out how to adjust for that. Uh, Absolutely. And, you know, and I'm a, I'm a proponent for it on a recreational level um, all across. Um, and that's not even to even start on the medical benefits, um, which I don't understand how we can, um, you know, create a, uh, a, a wonderful vaccine in such a small amount of time here in 2020 and we can't get better funding or research into marijuana to, to, to look at how it is and how it can help people. Um, you know, there's video after video on YouTube of, you know, people with seizures, people with cancer, people, I mean, and it, uh, I think it was Dave Chappelle made a joke about it one time, how easy it was to get a pot card, um, when they first came out, you know, guys like, oh, I'm having stroke symptoms. He's like, nah, man, uh, how about your appetite? You got, you got a, you know, fairly good appetite. You know, it, it helps with so many things um, to where I don't even understand why we're still considering it a drug. Right. Especially when you look at, uh, so like you were saying, epile epilepsy and seizures, uh, 
golly, what else is it? It was, uh, man, anxiety, depression, stress, like uh, so many of those, uh, both physical and, well, most of it is neurological, like epilepsy, seizures, that kind of stuff. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's things that aren't firing right in the brain and it's causing the body to uh, malfunction effect effectively. And the, the way that this stuff actually like helps the psychological, you know, neurological conditions to put, to help people, you know, either get in a better place mentally or just to not have the, the misfiring that is causing those malfunctions. Like, and then there is a ton of research out there and for whatever reason, the government just chooses to ignore all of that and instead push pills and pharmaceuticals. And I know you've got plenty to talk about on that, on that topic. So why don't you go oh, ahead? Yeah. And yeah. No, and that's what I was discussing. It's a, uh, uh, that's the racket of it. Um, it, uh, and I, what was it? Was it last week? The UN um, decided to uh, no longer call uh, cannabis a drug. Is that right? I missed that. I think so. Maybe, uh, maybe last week. I'm not sure. Maybe this past week. Um, yeah, but the pharmaceuticals are, it's pathetic. It's, um, man, from kids getting put on freaking ADHD medicine, um, to, uh, our active duty military soldiers who have gone and fought in senseless wars, taking the lives of innocent people, come back here and try to adjust and they're fed a cocktail of sedatives and and just it's like a guinea pig system i had a buddy of mine um and this went back you know i, I we were friends all the way back to uh, in young age middle school and like i say whenever i was um pro bush and and you know just a gun or hardcore uh, republican with not an idea of what any of it meant, except that we were going to go avenge people and um, and be the, the police or whatnot. He was uh, signing up for the military to go and avenge these people. You know, I just voted for him to go. Uh, he made the choice to go. Did a couple tours uh, in Iraq, and uh, and he got and it was during a second uh, tour. He got in some active duty over there, um, and for about three weeks, they saw some uh, pretty tragic events unfold. <clears throat> so he comes back, and he's trying to, uh, you know, get get everything, and he was pretty much compartmentalizing everything. He was seeing a shrink and was going to the VA. Um, the VA had him on like, four or five different pills a day, Um benzos uh at one point in time he was taking three ketamine chewables a day um when this was like while at work they would tell him to go to his car for 15 minutes he would it would like induce some type of trip he said um and would calm his nerves um and all this time here's these prescriptions here's these no you cannot smoke pot um and he did that. I think he said he, he tried all different elixirs 
um, from the doctors, of course, uh, for about a six to nine month period. And it wasn't long after that, uh, it was before Christmas, that his, uh, his wife came out and called him on the porch with a pistol in his mouth. And he, he couldn't deal with it anymore. Um, that day, he got off of the prescriptions and he started treating with CBD, strictly CBD. Um, still had a very tough time. Um, didn't normalize back in to, you know, just normal life for a while after that. Um, but the CBD was actively helping him. He was taking different strains of it um, for different times of the day, taking it for different things. Um, he went from the CBD and, you know, he, I think he himself was starting to get a bit red peeled and was like, you know, they, you know, the, the people that are supposed to be taking care of me, put me on all this shit, didn't care about the things that I had to tell them, you know, um, to the point to where I had no other option. He's starting to come around to the fact that maybe uh, uncle Sam and big brother ain't the best guy. So he's like, well, the CBD's doing what it's supposed to. I'm going to try the THC. He went to the THC, and um, after that, he is uh, he has never touched another pill after the THC. Now, I will say something that he found worked uh, in conjunction with the THC that uh, a lot of people around here don't talk about is psilocybin. Um, which yeah, if they are talking about it around here, they're talking about some magic mushroom. <clears throat> but um, he began experimenting and growing himself um, psilocybin cubensis, um, which is just a strain of fungus. It's a mushroom. And he began microdosing it to start with, um, taking a very small amount every three days. Uh, and he said that helped uh, more on the psychological side of things, as far as, um, he said to me, it was more like the, the best antidepressant he had ever had. He said the, the weed always made him happy. And, uh, I mean, it always makes me grin too. Uh, it doesn't, um, he said it doesn't touch the benefits of what the uh, psilocybin has done. And I think he's really trying to get into, um, to, to avenues and find where he can open this up to more experimental trials, you know, um, as opposed to all these uh, cocktails of pills. So on that topic, uh, Michael Heiss, who is the founder of the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus, which I talk about way too much probably, uh, but uh, Michael Heiss actually led an initiative. I think it was in Washington, D.C., or if not, in DC, it was in Maryland, like they're close by, but to get uh, mushrooms legalized or at least decriminalized, I can't remember. I'd have to, I'd have to look, but anyway, they, they put together a proposition and actually got it passed. Uh, so that might be something to look into because there is, there is a lot of uh, research that's been done on that stuff as well. That's starting to very slowly but surely get more attention it's definitely not as uh mainstream as marijuana legalization and decriminalization right. has been but it is starting to get some attention like there are people out there who are talking about it i just don't understand um you know 
where it, all, all these two things that we've talked about are come from the ground. You know, if, if we want to, you know, protect our earth and, and do things that nature harvest more, be more natural. I mean, uh, I don't, I mean, in my opinion, God put them here for us. You know what I mean? Uh, everybody's opinion might not fit the same as I do. Um, but, you know, it, why not explore the avenue? Why not entertain the thought? Right. And that's, I mean, what chemicals and just god-awful shit are going into these prescription medications that they're basically uh, pigeonholing people into having to take to treat this stuff when there is something natural and organic available as an alternative that is even more effective without poisoning yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, um, I, I why not try it? That's that. That's what I can't get, get through, uh, outside of the, uh, the, the bottom line dollar, which seems to be, what they seem to be after can't profit if they can't continue to profit off of it being illegal, you know? Well, that's the, the, uh, war machine that is the war on drugs that, uh, with being able to maximize profits through a for-profit prison system. And by keeping those prisons full, they just rake in the dollars off of that stuff. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it all gets back to the government's going to find any way it can to, to leverage a nickel off of everything that we do or everything that they say we can't do. And they're not going to have any incentive to change that as long as they can continue to make money off of it. And like you said, I mean, being able to, to grow uh, psilocybin and cannabis yourself, yeah, that you remove the middleman, that you don't have to go through them anymore to, to get your medical treatment, really. That's right. Mary has right. Yeah. It uh just the the out the, the benefits much more outweigh uh any of the risk involved with either one of them. Um and I mean proven benefits. Right. That's the big thing is for as much as twenty twenty has been the uh trust the science year, they still don't want to look at the actual science that's involved with cannabis and psilocybin and all of these naturally occurring things that that there's plenty of research that's been done and they just won't won't look at it and there's plenty of research that's been done that shows that the pharmaceuticals that all these manufactured drugs are terrible for people just absolutely terrible yeah it's just uh you know i don't know if uh, it's just not a loud enough voice telling this to people um there's not the uh outlet there i don't, I don't know um everything's so propagandized um to where it's it it makes it difficult uh, to talk to your neighbor you know yeah definitely so i did have one other thing that i thought of uh that i wanted to hit on with you uh for this episode since you are in south carolina and uh south carolina has at least in the past, been uh, very strongly secessionary. And here, as of late, there's been a lot of talk of secession with the way the election was going, regardless of which way it went. There was talk of that. And uh, the state of Texas right now has some legislature uh, 
or I'm not sure if it's there's some stuff in the works in Texas to uh, become an independent nation of their own and to secede from the United States. What are your thoughts on that uh, with uh, being from South Carolina, where I know, I don't know if it was, it wasn't real, real recently, but within, you know, the last decade, South Carolina has kicked this idea around a couple times as well. So what do you think about secession and how you think all this is going to go forward with uh, regardless of who ultimately ends up getting sworn into the presidency in January? Like, shit's about to hit the fan so what do you think about all of that i think um you see a lot of uh pump fakes being thrown um whenever that word get kicked around um the idea sounds good um hey fuck you i won't do what you told me um but the logically speaking i don't see it happening I don't see Texas being able to pull it off. Um, I uh, it's such a skillless word this these days, you know. Secession, secessionists, uh, sedition. Uh, it's um, I'm not opposed to the idea of um, uh, like-minded states founding uh, a better union. Uh, within the the laws of the United States of America. Um, I don't see it happening uh, simply because uh, big government. Um, I don't think, I mean, God, how many U.S., how many uh, military bases do we have just in the, uh, the United States, you know? I think I saw something about where we have 900 bases across 124 countries. Um, so you just figure what we have inside of the United States, how many inside of Texas alone, um, let alone their natural resources that they bring to the table on the whole for the country. I don't see uh, Big Brother allowing us to take that bit of income from him. Um, I don't... Uh, you know, I don't know unless uh, unless old Trump daddy goes to to Mar-a-Lago, sets up a new Oval Office, and just uh, creates command of his own army. Um, I don't see something like that logically playing out. Uh, I don't I don't uh, think that the idea of well-formed militias um, couldn't hold. Um, any given size area. I mean, you look at freaking Chaz or Chop or whatever those guys are, um, you know, and I mean, low-key, man, hats off to those guys. It's, they, I don't know, but I just don't see it being able to, to actively play out in a way without um, serious bloodshed uh, and us still remain here on this land you know what i mean yeah i get you i definitely understand uh i guess the only thing that makes me think that it could potentially go in the other direction that it the that some secessionary activity could get legitimate uh move movement in the direction of it actually happening is a lot of these sheriffs in very blue parts of the country 
saying that they will not enforce government mandates. If the bluest parts of the country, New York and California, have sheriff's departments that are saying they are not going to enforce the bullshit that their governors are telling them to, that's that's encouraging because it means that there are probably a lot of other sheriffs and also uh, just general military members who also have absolutely no interest in taking up orders from the government if it involves uh, shutting down a militia or doing something that would more or less result in civil war too. So I, I agree I, wholeheartedly there. I definitely, because, you know, I mean, and it took balls for a lot of those guys to come out and, and, and just, just free willingly out of nowhere. Hey, look, no, this isn't how we're going to do it. You know, um, we're, I'm not going to enforce this whenever, uh, I remember back when, uh, Beto, um, you know, the catchphrase, hell yeah, we're coming for your guns. And you had, uh, you had uh, sheriff's deputies talking about they would deputize citizens in order for them to not have their guns taken. Um, but now you look on what, what municipality level were you seeing these? Are you seeing county guys? Are you seeing town officials? You're definitely not seeing any head state officials coming out saying it, you know. And, and you know, again, to your point, what, for everyone that did come out, at least three of them were thinking it and probably would have stood for those same ideals, but was just not going to throw their neck on the chopping block for it, you know, uh, unless it came down to it. But I still just think with the size of the National Guard and, I mean, hey, man, it, the way it looks, you got President-elect Biden about to get it. You know, like he's, he's going to be the commander, but for how long? Uh, I don't know how heavy his hand would be at pulling the National Guard to his disposal, um, but the look in Kamala's eye gives me nightmares, I'll tell you that. I think there would be a lot of uh, – I think there would be a lot of refusal to take up the order if she was the one giving it. I think it, uh, if it did can't come to that, there would be a – higher level of reception to Biden giving that than Kamala. Uh, and that's well I would I would love to love to hope so anyway for the hope of liberty. Um I'm just going by uh you know past history and what I'm seeing of just trying to talk freaking common sense into people. Well hopefully if it does uh come to it it doesn't end up being uh anything exceptionally bloody and I, I definitely don't want to see a world or a civil war too but at the same time if it's going to happen i'd rather it happen when i'm uh, of age to be an active participant and and shield my children from it as opposed to me be too old to do anything about it and they be the ones bearing the brunt of it i mean we're the ones who screwed this up uh, we need to be the ones that fix it absolutely absolutely and i think like uh I think Tim Poole was saying the other day, this is a uh, fifth generational warfare. It's propagandized. Uh, and I, 
the the more time we can spend talking to somebody that's different minded than us, the better off we're going to be. Um, because at the end of the day, they might not see my point, but they'll we'll both realize that we more got in common than we don't. And uh, it's not us that we're against, it's them. Definitely. Uh, it's funny you said that. Uh, so I've started doing some of these uh, clips for uh, Buck Johnson and the Death to Tyrants podcast. And I pulled together a clip the other day uh, from an interview he did with a guy, uh, Pedro Gonzalez, who had said that, you know, uh, no, it wasn't Pedro. It was uh, Michael Rechnerwald. I get all these. Con- I listen to too many podcasts. My wife will attest to that. <laughs> uh, Michael Rechtenwald, he had said that, you know, what we need to do is we need to get our voices out there and find alternative paths to getting our voices out there. But at the same time, we can't silo ourselves off where that we just exist in these echo chambers where the only things that we're hearing are what we're saying to each other and nobody outside of our sphere is hearing this stuff because then we're just doing the mainstream media and the duopoly's job for them by shut us effectively shutting ourselves up. So yeah, we've, that's, that's definitely good stuff. We definitely need to get out there and talk to people and on both sides of it, you know, have conversations with people you don't agree with and find that common middle ground. Cause I bet you a lot more people have things in common with us than uh, they've got more in common with us than they've got uh, in opposition to us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you got anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, I got some steaks marinating. Um, oh, nice. Going to go ahead and uh, enjoy the rest of my evening, get ready to go do the slave thing all again now tomorrow. So I uh, appreciate you having me on here. Hopefully uh, people can gain something and think about the uh, psilocybin and marijuana. Everybody can benefit uh, from a little psilocybin. No matter who you are, try it. Definitely. And I will uh, remind me later, I'll get you some information on the stuff that uh, Michael Heiss has been working on with the uh, Mises Caucus and and legalization on that stuff. Because it is, it is, they are doing a lot of really good work in that direction. So uh, whether or not it's something South Carolina is ready for, there's at least some evidence that some parts of the country are starting to open up to it. So eventually it might work its way there. Amen to that. Well, that's the end of today's episode. I am out of town the rest of the week, so there will not be another episode this week. I will catch y'all next week. And in the meantime, have a good one. Thank you.